And so what we have to do is we've got to, one, become a better listener from the leadership level. The number one missed skill in America today is the ability to listen. KEPX presents a Levine Media production. This is Dignity Leadership with hosts Brooke Coleman and Rich Levine. Welcome back to Dignity Leadership Live. Welcome back, everyone. So we're live from Oasis Texas Brewing in Austin, Texas. <laughs> we're getting some selfies in. We already got the guests. So usually we do an intro. We talk for a couple minutes and get to know each other. We, then we introduce our guests. So today's going to be a little different, but we've got a lot of fun stuff in store for this episode. So um, personal journey why these guys are snapping pictures. So if you're on YouTube watching this, the picture might be a little different. Just make sure that you understand that we're live. We're using a cell phone. But today we're going to talk about my favorite subject in the whole wide world. Ooh, rich. We're going to talk about me, <laughs> but we're not going to dominate the whole show. So I wrote a book. <laughs> I wrote a book. Yes, you did. I did write a book. But the yeah. two, yeah, the two gentlemen. Hey, good job. So the two gentlemen we have on our show today, Brooke, we've yes. got Michael Ray Newman sitting right next to you mm-hmm. to your immediate right. And next to Michael Ray is Edwin Brett. So I met these, uh, these gentlemen in 20, I met you a long time ago. You were a mentor to me. And then I met Edwin when you came in to help me. We'll get into that story. But I want to share with everybody that Edwin and Michael are the number one motivation duo in America. Edwin and Michael Ray invite you to discover how to activate the mindset of a champion, which is their own course that they've developed, and how to create a life by design towards significance. It's a journey, not a destination. So where do we get some uh, Life by Design swag? Edge Global Inc. Edge Global Inc. Yes. .net. Absolutely. Edge right. Global Inc. Catch us up on the Facebook page under Edge Global. Hit we that can, up. We can do it. Everybody needs some of that swag. All of you guys, the audience, everybody needs some swag. We need to get them some swag. They you can find get some. a car. You get a car. You get a car. <laughs> yes. All right. So I'm going to jump in with, um, I'm going to talk about Edwin for a minute. And I met Edwin. Um, at a time in my life when I needed some leadership help. And Michael and I had had a couple of conversations. And Michael had done a lot of things for me. He had, he had actually shown me how to be a leader. He didn't tell me how to be a leader. Um, and then he brought Edwin in with him. He said, oh, you got to meet this guy, Edwin. I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't want anybody else. I want you to help me. He's like, no, 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 you got to meet Edwin. So then Edwin, you remember that day you came out to Austin? We had all the employees? Absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, you made a real positive impression right away because it, we never arrive. You can take these life experiences, but yeah, Rich, it was, uh, it was uh, burned in my mind there, and it's been a real cool thing since then. And I met you when we were talking about, so you came to help us, and we did just a small portion of your course that you were building at the time, Mindset of a Champion, and then you introduced me to Attitude of a Gratitude. So share with everybody where attitude of gratitude comes from. Where'd you guys learn this? Well, I was very fortunate to work directly with uh, the gentleman that really, uh, I think it was probably the foremost motivational speaker of all time, Mr. Zig Ziglar from right here in uh, Texas, Dallas, Texas. Yep. And, uh, and he, he essentially taught me that, but more than anything, Rich, and you alluded to it with, with Michael, he demonstrated it. It's one thing to say it's important. It's another thing to live it. But what you send out is what you get back. So when you get an opportunity of all of our attitudes, gratitude is the healthiest of all of our attitudes. So it's a marvelous place to start. That. You guys have changed the way I look at life and start coming to it 
with that attitude of gratitude and being able to see what I have instead of what I don't have. And it's, it's changed my mindset. I mean, Brooke, you've known me for a little while, but you met me after I met these gentlemen. It's true. It's true. I, I know you probably, out of the three of us, a little bit longer. I just met you guys. Awesome. I mean, we're, we're just needing, and just, just kind of that, that empathy and that energy that you guys have. It, it's it, you can feel it. You can feel it. So I'm liking it. I'm liking it so far. I'm excited to hear what we're going to learn today on the podcast. So here's so here's <laughs> what we're going to learn. So we did a little introduction yeah. on on Edwin. I'm going to talk about Michael for a second. So I met Michael in my office because I was in the ivory tower. I was important. I was a boss. <laughs> and yes, I was. I was a jerk. That was that's my. Um, I was a boss. I was a jerk. <laughs> Those came together. Hey, we'll just say it. I was I was an a hole. Um, my wife and kids are probably going to say, well, the kids all ducked out. They're probably upstairs getting a beer. But anyway, um, so Michael taught me by actions. And he showed me what the difference was between management and leadership. Nice. And then Michael and I, Michael and I have had, had quite a few conversations. Um, and I wrote a little section in my book about a conversation that you had. And it's not you and I talking back and forth. But it's about this thing that you taught me called the Peter Principle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, hey, Kevin, you let me know when you got it ready. We're going to play a quick, we're going to play a snippet from my book. Those who possess leadership potential will demonstrate it through their actions. This is not to be confused with outcomes. Simply being able to manufacture widgets, sell products, or invent new ways of doing things does not imply that you have the ability to act as a leader. Nonetheless, this occurs on a daily basis. High achievers are promoted to positions in which they are expected to lead, even though they have never demonstrated leadership qualities or values. The most relevant example I can think of is the promotion of top performers to management positions. The vast majority of business organizations are structured in such a way that they can track and measure productivity, sales, profits, and other numerical outcomes. After all, it is much easier to assess an employee's contribution to the company's bottom line when there are quantifiable numbers available. The end result of this, however, is the promotion of an employee to manager, even though that employee is not qualified to be a leader nine times out of ten. All right. So that comes from the book. I can't even remember which chapter it is. Sounds it's, good, man. You sound good, <laughs> dude. Okay, you have it. You've launched it. This is the pre-launch. This is the pre-launch. This thing's party. ready to drop, and he has already got. This is totally rich, man. I'm just gonna. I know we're going about to shoot the wheels off this thing, but shoot I'm gonna it tell off. You rich. He's already got the book done, the cover done, launched it, and the audio version. You've done the it's audio. It's in the can, ready to go. We're and we're. Print. Yeah, hot. man. It's yeah. gonna be. So we're just. Hot. We're just waiting to pass a couple mile markers. I can't control the publisher. The publisher is a little bigger than I am. There, there's some of those bosses sitting up there that are worried about their metrics and their processes. And here I'm done. I just want to. I just want to get my book out. But the anticipation, the book will be out in June, and I'm going to leave it at June for right now. So that gives us four weeks to get it out. Um, mm -hmm. There is one particular date that's going to come out after. That's just because I signed a non-compete, and I wouldn't tell anybody that I'd give away their trade secrets. I don't give away any trade secrets in the book. We talk 100% about my journey of how I was a manager, how I used what we talked about in there. Mm -hmm. I promoted people, Michael, you were around me. I promoted people that were good at processes, that were good at making money. Mm -hmm. And you guys came in, and we went through that mindset of a champion. Tell us a little bit about that one, either Edwin or Michael, on the, you know, ahead, the day we went through and what you guys did for us. Well, you know, we were being approached by organizations all over the country, and, and typically what, what it sounds like, um, guys, is someone says, hey, we need sales training, 
or we need leadership training, or if operations could just get their act together and learn to appreciate sales and back and forth. And so Michael and I started hearing that, and, and one day we're on the road and, I, and we started talking about it, and we said, what if we could bring everyone together in a collaborative way and sit them in the same room and give them a hybrid of sales and, and leadership and communication and, and let them know that, as Michael says so well, People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care about them. And we started developing it from that and really our 35 years plus of personal experiences and journey. And what's happened has, has been transformational in nature all over the nation. Companies have come together now in a way. People have been ignited in a manner that uh, transformed, I guess, that they never thought was possible. So that would be probably in just in a short essence what yeah. it was. And what we found out and what we discovered when we did this, to use one of Edwin's words, is that it's the, the trust process is what we teach. Mindset of a mm. champion is the program. Yeah. We, have, we have it virtual. We have a 52-week little class that you can look at on your called just-in-time training. But when we go see somebody, what we discovered is just, it's not sales training because the trust process yeah. comes for, it's for sales training. Yeah. But what I discovered, because when you guys do this today, no matter what you do in your whole entire life, you educate or validate. Yeah. So as we go through this today, you're going to do what? You're going to educate or validate? Educate's pretty cool because you learn something new, right? True. It's only hard till you learn it, right? Rich? It's only hard till you learn it. <laughs> I'm still learning. That's right. But validation is powerful because we validate in two different ways. We validate like, oh, because when somebody's an expert and they're really good at what they do, then they say something that you do that's really positive. You're like, makes you feel a little good, right? These guys got to figure it out. I got it. So they're really good about it. We also validate negatively. Um, you're like, oh, I do those negative bad habits, so I probably should change that. So as we go through this program, and this is what we tell everyone, you got to make it about you. As you listen mm -hmm. to y'all's mm -hmm. podcast, yeah. make it about you. Because so many times, it's better to what? Give than receive. Everybody knows that because it's been beat into us. But yeah. what? You don't take time. I think we talked about self-care yesterday a yep. little bit. Yeah, we did. It's so important to take the time for this yeah. and make it about you. And when we do that, we can work on parallel, parallel tracks, which you're able to help other people when you help yourself first. So what we found was mm. it's not sales training, it's life training. Because when you can sit down and think, plan, and prepare and really relate to someone and have that light bulb moment, uncover need, and both of you guys are in the same place, you can offer a real solution or sell them something. Mm -hmm. And we found it operationally pressure was way high sales pressure was way high leadership pressure was way high and like Edwin said we were pointing fingers at everybody if they get yep. their act together salespeople are hammering us leadership doesn't care well when everybody gets on the same page in the trust process which is what I just went through with you guys you can do the last T which is take massive action together and it creates a collaborative approach and when that happens mm. pressure goes down yep. confidence goes up yep. Absolutely. And we turn the burn and get something done, right? Come on. So, let, so let's let's talk about the trust <laughs> process because when you came in and did it, you walked, you went through it. So let's go through it real quick. T stands for think, plan, and prepare. What is the R? And practice. And practice. Yes. Practice. What does the R stand for? Stands for relating, and we teach people how to relate in four specific areas about the person, the organization, the goals. What do you want to accomplish? Mm -hmm. But more importantly, the big miss is what obstacles are preventing you from getting where you want to go. You know, Oliver Wendell Holmes said. Uh, the great tragedy of life isn't the sudden loss of life, while tragic, it's that most of us go to our grave with our best music still inside us, yet unplayed. Dang. Yep. <clears throat> All right. 
when you do that, go ahead, you activate, you activate the next step. You meet people where they are, and they start telling you the truth, and that's called uncovering the need. Oftentimes, as leaders, as salespeople, as parents, we try to solve the problem. In other words, we present a solution before we truly understand and the other person understands what the real need is. When you can identify that, then you do not introduce things that aren't relevant to the specific need. When you help people really understand what they want to accomplish and they know you really have their best interest, selling and leadership is about other people. It's, it's something you do with You're and for someone ahead. else. You're not anticipating. And exactly. that's what happens all the time, isn't it? Yeah. It's what I do every day. Very good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a learned <clears throat> discipline. For it sure. is. It's definitely. But um, you just touched on something that I did write about in the book, and that is there's two types of, of parents, basically. Or, and you can translate this into bosses. And I wrote more along bosses and then tied it back to parenting. I don't want to become a family counselor. That's not my, that's not my gig. <laughs> I just want to help bosses quit being jerks and become better leaders. But it's this whole thing of, number one, micromanaging, telling everybody exactly how to do it, um, which is really bad. It's negative. But then the other thing is, is I think you just touched on this, Edwin, is going all the way to the other side and trying to help them with everything and never letting them fail so they never learn. Now you've got two extremes. It's like they're both bad, so somehow we've got to meet in the middle. And I think that's what you guys did because uh, you guys came out and did, I think it was two presentations, right? At, you did two, and I had you come in for a third one because right. we are going to build up this whole trust process. So this is just me being my typical, my typical self. So we get through one day of doing the T, and then we get through number R. day two of doing the R. They come back like the third month, and they walk in. They said, you ready to go? And I said, yep. And they go, what are we doing? I said, you are sitting over there. You're sitting over there. I got this. And I went through and did a whole team building event that I built on my own with them. I looked at them and said, how you like now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You but, but I think what that, re and it just had this aha moment sitting here. And that is your T at the end. Take, well, what was S? Take massive I missed action. S. What was oh. S? The S is the solution. And once okay. you truly understand the need and a light bulb moment goes off, then you become a tell me more leader or a tell me more okay. servant. Okay. And now you're introducing a solution that's relevant, and then that leads to that final T that that, uh, uh, that I was talking about. Rich was speaking yeah. about uh, take massive <laughs> action, collaborative okay. action. Okay, yeah. so you get to T, and all of a sudden you are ready to go. Oh, I and was. You felt completely empowered, yeah. and you knew that they would champion you on yeah. as well. Okay. So, and we we mentioned it in the well beginning said. that these guys are motivational. Right. You know, and they inspire people yeah. and. They're the number one in America right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to take it down. No. We're going <laughs> to collaborate, right? Um, but they did. They inspired me to go do stuff. And then I started, I, was, I signed up for grad school during that time. Yep, you did. And you wow. guys came down. And the way this whole thing all okay. started is we had a conversation. Uh, and we did an all-employees survey. Talked about it in a couple different podcasts. Yeah. And it came back from the HR department that the organization I was leading, we had a team of about 125 people at the time. And they said we lacked trust in the organization. Now, don't even get me started on this because we could go down a rabbit hole all day long about how bad processes and products and profits just disassemble trust. Right. So I, I reached out to HR and I said, hey, so how do I build this? I don't know. You just go build trust. I'm like, really? I'm like, so I asked the consultants, how do you build it? I don't know. So Michael comes in and I was kind of crying on his shoulder and I yeah. said, hey, how do I build trust? He goes, 
boy, I got the, I've got this for you. And I'm like, what is it? And he throws this, he throws mindset of a champion on my desk. Nice. And on the first page is trust. I'm like, all right, we're on to something. <laughs> well, can I ask something about this? Because you have been a guest before and I, what three I Three times. Three times. Yep, you shot me the ghost. Time? Yeah, let Ooh, it go. All right, yeah. three times. Well, third time's a charm because now I'm here as all well. Right. <laughs> and um, my question is what stuck with me, and I think you can both speak to this, you said something at that time, and if we're talking about trust here, it was about m these middle managers, these guys that are thrust into something because they did a great job at whatever they were doing before, right? They were their top achievers. They were making their metrics. They were making their money. And all of a sudden, you know, at the top, they're like, you know what? We're going to go ahead and promote you. You got this. And they are lost. They have no idea what they're doing. They are no longer good at what they were good at before what happens? That's like a desert land. So how do you empower them? How do you get that person from being that champion in that wonderful place that they were before back to being that great while they can lead others? Because that doesn't come naturally for so many people. No, it doesn't. In, in fact, <clears throat> the Peter Principle came from, he's the best salesman, makes the most money. So obviously he's going to be a great leader. He's going to be the go. manager. He okay. goes, here's the keys, bro. You're going to manage yeah. all these people. And he's like, uh, and then he yeah. fails. You pull him out of his element, what he's really good at. That, that's one thing. And he may not be the guy that needs to lead all the time. Sure. Yeah. Because you can read all the books in the world, and at some point, if you don't really want to do it, so it's, it really comes from what I think anybody that is aspiring to be that person, mm -hmm. that middle manager, yeah. go to leader, to be the number one, the, guy, the, the chief, eventually, needs to have what we don't teach, soft skills, which is okay. all about what Edwin does. I mean, yeah. and uh, Rich and Edwin both do it now and you guys talk about on your podcast sure, sure. is how to develop that gratitude how to be a servant leader mm -hmm, you know how to have mm -hmm. you can have everything in life you want if you will just give enough other people what they want and that's what some happens when they especially in the sales piece of it Edwin. i talked to edwin talks about this way better than i do but when someone's a salesperson pretty aggressive yeah they have a process which is what trust is but then when they get into leadership when you come there's so many different dynamics you know four types of personality which you guys teach Right. You know, better than anybody. But it's really important to, to, and this is what's missed, features and benefits, right? You mm. go in and practice how a car runs. You know it, it goes zero to 60 in 2.2 seconds, mm. and you sell that all the time. You right, sell the right. features. Yeah. But what are the benefits for them? And that's where, the, that's where the big gap is. Okay. What about features and benefits? Well, the thing is, is you know, features and benefits are, are things we kind of lean into. We tend to be feature-driven. We learn product training or things that, we specialize in and so mm. we go and we go sell that the mm -hmm. problem with mm -hmm. that is people don't make decisions based on your reasons they make mm. decisions based on their reasons driven by their feelings their motives and their beliefs so yeah. what we have to do is we have to identify what that means to you we have to engage them at that level become a tell me more person tell me more leader then they take action based on those feelings motives and beliefs all built around, and I know you speak about this in the book, Rich, is hope, the foundational quality yeah. mm -hmm, of all change. Mm -hmm. When people have a sense of hope, they will take action. Yeah, if you can't create hope, then you're hopeless. And nobody wants to be hopeless. Yeah. Talk about that, I think, in the introduction of the book. Very good. But um, So right now we've got to do one of this quick thing. It's called Thank You to Oasis Texas Brewing Company for allowing us to be right here today. Right, Give Texas. them a round of applause. Thank you for <laughs> Thank Oasis. Thank you, Oasis. We're using this room for free, so we appreciate them. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate the guests coming in. We've had guests this whole weekend from all over the United States. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it has yeah. been cool. You guys put on a great party, an awesome show. And if you guys haven't seen the, the view out here, yeah, you got to get to yeah. Austin, Texas. 
Austin, Texas. Real Oasis. And Rich, I came from the beach in North Carolina, so it was really cool to be able to look out and see water here behind us too, man. So <laughs> well, we can go. We can go see yeah. that water, man. Yeah, uh, you, you, just, you notice how he always gets the beach in there. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, so let's get back on track, and I want to go back to talk about what you were talking about: this Peter principle and sales and profits. And one of the things, and this has um, come from the Industrial Revolution, and bosses and executives want to do nothing more than measure everything. They want to be able to quantify it. And if they can't see it on a data sheet, on a spreadsheet, mm -hmm. or whatever, then they freak out and they don't think they're having any success. And what happens is, so let's take the Navy SEALs, for example. Okay. So the Navy SEALs, when they go out and select who's going to be a Navy SEAL, they don't find the best sharpshooter. They don't find the best guy that knows all these little different things on how to get things done. Mm -hmm. They actually draw a graph. And they said, there's two things we have. We got performance on, let's say, the horizontal axis, mm -hmm. and then we got trust on the vertical axis, mm -hmm. right? Everybody wants the guy clear up here that's mm -hmm. high performer, high trust, but that's a unicorn and they don't exist. Right. And then you come over down here and you got the high performer. Mm -hmm. And what the SEAL said, the Navy SEAL said, that person is toxic on their team and they do not In want them. In a team them. environment, In that is crucial environment. to know. They are toxic. I mean, the Navy they bring SEALs, everyone yeah. else down. Yep. Mm -hmm. So they want that person that's a high trust, lower performer. They'll right. take them all day long. But yeah. Why? 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 Because um, the way the Navy SEALs say it is, if I can trust you with my life, my wife, and my money, I want you on my team. That's right. And that's right. what it comes down to is that human compassion, being able right. to know that somebody's there to support you and help you. If you go to a sale, I mean, you and I have had several conversations, Michael. Um, and I even did this, and I'm not going to, unfortunately, I had to put this to work, and I let go of a top performer. So we did a, when I was working for a big organization, uh, we had to do some restructuring. They kept buying companies, and lo and behold, we were kicking butt in sales. Because I was good at sales. I knew, how to, I knew how to hit those numbers, but I had started learning this stuff. And, of course, the bean counters came back and said, hey, you've got one too many salespeople on your team. Mm. I said, Okay. And so we all got together and I pulled my managers in and said, hey, we've got to make a really tough decision. What are we going to do? Hmm. After listening to me and going through with these guys yeah. through the trust process, they came back and we all agreed to let go of the highest performer. Mm. Ouch. Devastated this individual. Absolutely crushed him. But we all agreed to it. We got a lot of flack from the tower. The ivory tower was all over <laughs> us because we were knocking yeah. down numbers. Mm -hmm. But you know what they did after that? We did a podcast with them and you were on it. They turned out to be the number one sales team in the country. One of the people mm. that was a lower performer team became the number one sales lady in the country. Wow. Because they all started helping each other. Because they're like, hey, we're here together. And it was an incredible sight to see. That's true. Nice. And that's a great example of what, that, uh, what you just talked about with the, the seals. You made me think about something you say all the time, Michael, which is back your brother's play, right? Yeah. When it comes to that point, you've got to do it. And you look at each other and say, who's yeah. going to pick up the slack? Yeah. So where do you want to go from here, Brooke? You got questions? I mean, I've got a lot of questions. Let's go. Okay. Fire away. Well, okay. I want, to, I want to go back to a little bit of, of what you're doing, Edwin, with um, Life by Design. So when you come in um, to an organization and that trust is not there, the team is, is not healthy, right? So there are metrics to be in your right. At the end of the day, data, data drives what is needed. At, a high, at, at the top, and, and we need it. it. You can't avoid it, it is necessary, and it's gonna tell part of the story, but it's not the whole story. So how do you get to that other side? How, how do you get to, to um, 
I don't know, how do you really get everything up to that same place where the numbers and the data is there, but the real story is in the people that have created it? Well, you sort of answered a little bit of the question is the real story is in the people. And so what we have to do is we've got to, one, become a better listener from the leadership level. The number one mm. missed skill in America today is the ability to listen. Uh, and, and not listen to respond, but listen to learn. Okay. Because the person with the most information ultimately has the most influence. And influence isn't a negative thing mm. if you've got integrity. So what, what Michael and I do is we spend a lot of time preparing. We do a discovery call. Mm. We go through and identify where you feel like you are. What are your strengths? You can't just be about what are your weaknesses. You have to talk about where, yeah. what do you do yeah. well. What are you good at? Yeah. yeah. And then you bring people together. But, you know, we've got to start with upsetting their status quo. Once they understand you care about them, not as a unit of production, but as a human being, mm -hmm. then they start rising up and they start seeing that they can go be the best version of themselves. And a, it becomes, moves from a cooperative environment to a collaborative environment. And I think Michael and I, Michael mm -hmm. can certainly speak to this, the way we blend our own personalities. I don't try to be Michael Ray Newman, I'd be a lousy Michael Ray Newman. There's only <laughs> one of him, by the way. Uh, but we try to lean into our best skills and meet people where they are. Mm -hmm. And that serves as a catalyst. That's why we start with gratitude. Uh, one of the things that we say all the time is to every audience, mm -hmm. anywhere I am in America, that one of the first things I say is, how's everybody doing today? And of mm -hmm. course they go, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing all right. And I said, before it's over, yeah. in the next eight, 18 seconds, I have them all standing up and going, I'm doing better than good. And really, aren't we? I mean, we live in the greatest country in, in the world. We live mm -hmm. in the, and maybe here in Texas, we're in the greatest state in the, in the country. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I, uh, you got I mean, nice some people would say it's its own nation, so you'd be, be careful, right, Texas? We're still yeah. talking about that. <laughs> yeah. Definitely talking about. Yeah, that. you know what? Just really quickly on that, how do we get them to buy in? Yeah, yeah. And, and create not uh, this dissension, but create a collaborative approach, and right. it's a competitive collaborative approach that they want to. Everybody wants to win. Right. And that's what Ed, that's what Rich did uh, with his company when he had to fire the high performer, but everybody else yeah. picked up the slack. Right, right. Everybody's paddling, right? Just keep oh, yeah. paddling. That's keep what we're paddling. talking about. Yeah. So what we do though, you got you got to get them to buy in. Right. Because right. at first everybody's like this. Well, not just buy in. They're like, this is something that we have to be here for. We're getting paid. I will sit in my chair. I will do whatever I need. So how do you get past that? Man, it's awesome. And that's what, this is what he's so good at yeah. because we walk, and I, I alluded to it in the beginning, but when we walk in, we have this, whoops, I got to be here. Oh, man, dude. Right. Walk in with the, we walk in with this attitude of, I got to check my phone, the anxiety of being yeah. there, everything. Yeah. Disrupting, upsetting their whole day, right? But when we find out that we make it about them, mm. when they start making it about them, and, the, and then we get the pressure down, and Edwin comes in and, get, and talks about we do live in the greatest country in the world. Despite all the problems that we've had, there's no doubt about it that mm -hmm. we do. And they live in the greatest state, obviously, if we're here in Texas. But we were, where were we, in Texas one time? And you go, man, it's great to be here in Tennessee. And yeah, I'm like, oh. I think I did. I said, it's great to be in East Tennessee, and we were in Texas. I think we were in, it was one of those. Yeah. It was not the right state. Yeah, well, <laughs> but it happens yeah. to the best of us. He had 600 yeah. people go, what? And I'm like, oh, that was a little harder to get them back. <laughs> That's funny. After after 150 days on the road, every Hilton Garden Inn looks the same. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, it and does. every state yes. looks the same. Yeah. Yeah, yes, it there. does. But what been we do there. is, is when we get them to understand that we are there to make it about them. And right. I mean, nine out of ten times, Edwin, our um, feedback that we get is always that I went in for sales training, I went mm. in for leadership mm -hmm. training, right? But I came out with life. 
training. That's I mean, huge. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, and um, I think about one particular individual. We were in Cincinnati, Ohio, and it's a company that's existed for over 100 years. And, and exactly that mentality, people feel like they're missing out mm. because they yeah, could you, be in the field working. Right on. Yeah. Exactly, you certainly were. And this gentleman never said, you know, their feeling was he was never going to say a word. He didn't really want to be there. And by, right. by the time it was over, and then they brought us back next year and the following year, and they said he has evolved into a totally dis different person. He speaks now. He cares. He shares his knowledge. And what, what transformed? Really his attitude. And back mm -hmm. to what Rich uh, originally started with, he went from having an attitude of entitlement yeah. to an attitude of gratitude and became a tell-me-more individual. And it had always been there. It just had to be ignited. And that's what I was so proud of watching what Rich did with his team. I watched mm -hmm. those folks as we kept coming back month after month or quarter after quarter. I watched them. The, the sparkle in their eyes was just yeah, different. different. And Rich was mm -hmm. now leading from here all the way through. He's not, he wasn't, I'm the boss applesauce. He yeah. was bringing this environment together. And I'm really proud of you th for that, man. Well, thank you. Yeah, and That's I want to awesome. say one thing really quick just to add to that. Before Rich yeah. changed his culture of his team, before Rich changed the people in his yeah. organization, he changed himself. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm most proud of. That's where it had to start, of. right? Yeah. 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 So it goes back to leadership starts with, with the self. Yeah. You've got to take mm -hmm. care of yourself. And we, we've got an upcoming podcast that's going to come out in September, but we've already recorded with the beautiful Daniela Moore, who we talked about this yesterday, how you have to take care of ourselves. Yeah. She's right she's up there in the, in the audience. She's in the crowd today. She flew in all the way from New Jersey to tell yes. us how to take care of ourselves, which is awesome. So thank you, Danny. Um, yep. But, you know, it's, it's, so it's this thing, and, and I discovered going through, I learned my why statement. If you haven't heard it, I'm going to share it. I share it on every yeah. podcast pretty much. It's but it's, it's to learn, to grow, to lead, and then create a world of dignity. Mm -hmm. And I had to identify, and you were there with <clears throat> me, Brooke. And, yeah. Becca, you're in the audience. You were there with me the day we were going through this, and we were, we were learning in class together. And we had to tell everybody in the class what we were going to work on. What was our personal growth plan going right. to be? And I wrote down one that I needed to learn how to think critically, mm -hmm. and I needed to learn how to write, um, think critically and listen better, were my two. Right. And I had no idea when I said those things. I thought they were two completely different things, but they are like this. They are so tied together. And then I discovered my why statement to learn, to grow, um, to lead, and create a world of dignity. So I had to go back to the beginning. So in order to do something, I had to become a learner. So I started mm. learning. And when you start learning, what happens? You start growing. And then you've got to go out and you've got to start acting, right? And so you try leading. And then what happens? You make mistakes. Right. Nobody's perfect. You've made a mistake. Hey, welcome to East Tennessee. <laughs> we're right here on Lake uh, whatever it is in Tennessee. Exactly. But we're not. But anyway, and that happens and that pulls yeah. in the, so you make mistakes. So now you go back and what does that do? It forces you to learn again. And then you grow and then you lead. And then you keep going through yeah. this. And yeah. then I came up with the critical thinking skills, which taught me empathy. And I was sitting, Alicia Miller's in the audience. I was sitting with Alicia one day, and she taught me what empathy was. Yeah. And her definition of empathy, I'm going to get to in a minute. Don't let me forget. Okay. But we'll so, with this, so with this critical thinking thing, is like, okay, i got to start understanding how people are coming to me. Right. When I started doing that, I started listening better because I had to pay attention to them. Right. And what did that create? It created dignity. It created trust. It created trust. It did yes. a lot of things. So it kind of brought this whole <laughs> thing back together. But let's give a shout-out to Alicia K. Miller. The founder. Hey, Alicia, thanks for being here. Yeah. The founder of Empathy Uprise. Yes. So, so she's an entrepreneur. She's been on a, um, a podcast with me, two of them, I believe. Yeah. Um, but she taught me, and so we were talking 
we were in class one day and yep. I said, hey, because she's proud of empathy. And I said, I think I, I know what empathy is. You know, I didn't say I think. I said, I know what empathy is. <laughs> I said, it's, That's it's like being it. able to walk, you know, a couple miles in your shoes. And she politely in her way is like, no, 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 it's not. Yep. It's being able to walk alongside of somebody and yes. try to understand what it may be like to be then and then ask questions. Wow. Tell me more. And I'm like, that was it. So thank you, Alicia Miller, for that one. So that's where I come up with them. Nice, nice, yeah. All right, so I think we're at that mark where we got to give a quick shout out to uh, Oasis Texas Brewery. Thank you, Oasis Texas Brewery. So if you can go upstairs, yeah. buy a beer as soon as we're done. Support them because they uh, generously Oasis. let us. Yeah, they let, generously let us On have beautiful this place. Lake Travis in Austin, Texas. You can, you can do, do that. that. That's the least we could do, right? Yeah. I gotta, I gotta switch gears here and get back to see how we're doing on our. We're good. We got, we're, we got plenty of time here. So in the book, yeah. I want to talk about this. We talked about your trust process. You guys came up with what it means to do trust. So I came up with, I write about five values in my mm. book, mm-hmm. and I'll see if I can remember them. I've wrote them down so many times. So number one, I talk about is you got to build trust, mm-hmm. and I talk about it from a scientific standpoint, not from, not from your process-driven standpoint. But it's good. No, um, I talk about ego or lack thereof i call it humility lose the ego which was influenced to me by another book you can't have ego um i talk about uh empathy i got an entire chapter in there about empathy and then also another chapter on um emotional intelligence where we talk Mm -hmm. about what that means and then there's one more now it'll come to me in a minute but those are the values that i took Mm -hmm. and that all came from class when we were sitting there Mm -hmm. when i had to put that down and then even before that um, I got a couple things in there where I talk about interpersonal skills yes. and intrapersonal skills. Yes. And they're very different. Intrapersonal is what we talked about with Danny, what you just talked about. That's the self-care. That's taking care of me first. Right. And you guys know that. You've just been on a personal journey taking care of yourself lately. I have. Down 25 pounds. Feeling pretty good about it. Bravo. Lots of water. Yeah, go. doing some fasting. Yeah. Muscle head. Trying to look a little bit more <laughs> like my partner, Michael Ray Newman. Yeah. And that's a tough gig, I tell you. <laughs> Yeah, so here's another interesting fact. So you played college basketball. Football. I played college, college football. football. I think yes. you played college basketball. But were you on a national title team? Oh, we did. I yeah. played quarterback, and we did win the national title. Yay, yay, yay. Elon College. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's, what's interesting is we've done, we've done quite a few of these shows, and, and my friendships have grown, and they've, they've changed over the years as I've become a leader. Um, and I'm starting to run into people, and there's a lot tied to athletics to leadership. Michael Ray, you played college football. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the head uh, varsity coach on from local university here in town. It was yep. volleyball. We had yep. her ace uh, hitter. That's right. Who holds, I think, I don't know, she amassed over a thousand kills. Yeah. But we run into these athletes and what they bring to the table, mm-hmm. um, the self-discipline you guys have to have to go to practice every day and then to work with the teams. Mm-hmm. And then if you transfer that into leadership, yep. I mean. Mm-hmm. It all does. Yeah. Yeah. I think something you hit on really good when you talk about the ego, and you probably say this in the book, which I haven't read yet, because you haven't given me a I chance. haven't given anybody a copy no. yet. Okay, all right. <coughs> You're going to listen to the audio I've heard it, version. But I will be listening to the audio version. I've heard some of it. Uh, yeah, Kevin, Kevin he's heard the whole thing. Yeah. And here's, here's yeah, how, Kevin's hey, hang on, hold that thought. Here's, here's how Kevin E. heard my version of the book. Today we're going to talk about Mark. Today we're here to talk about Le- Mark. And I did that like... <laughs> It took, what, it take us 10 minutes to finally get going to get my it, rhythm? It does. Oh, I'm it not was, trying to throw into the buzz, hard. man. Michael it Ray is, knows what that's like. It is hard. <laughs> I mean, yeah. writing, writing a book is extremely difficult, yep. but reading your own book is, I would say it's tenfold more difficult. Yep. 
Because I kept wanting to critique myself. I kept wanting to rewrite the book. I'm like, why did I say that here? Why didn't that go there? Why was this? I'm like, finally, he just looks at me and he goes, you got this. Bro, just, you just got to go. All right, so it. let's go back to ath um, athletics. I was just talking about we learned everything you need to know in athletics. Yeah. And I, before I was 10 years old, I think I learned everything I needed mm. to know in life. And I can prove that and back it up. And what you talk about, what you, things in your book that you have, uh, Edwin and I talked about them uh, with Mindset of a Champion and Life by Design and Daily Disciplines. Mm -hmm. And it's just little stories that we use and processes mm -hmm. that we implement. Mm -hmm. And we use KPIs. You've heard of key performance indicators in the bean counting yeah. world. Well, we do soft skill KPIs as well. Oh. Just like ego. Ego is super important to have. People say, you got to drop your ego. you got to get rid of your ego. Nope. You've been the it's reason. It's part of you. Yeah, the reason you're successful yeah. is because of your ego. Exactly. It yeah. gives you the ability to take the step. You, we need right. ego. So how do you use it, though, in a way? Well, here's the deal. Okay. What keeps that ego in check? Right. Is character mm, yeah. and the character that you have in you and you don't I mean you've got to go I mean sometimes it is before as we grow up mm -hmm, what we've been mm -hmm. given and put instilled in, into us uh, by our outside influences but when you have the character and you know that your integrity mm -hmm. and your name is what counts is what I tell my kids it's all we can really take with us right mm. but with that right there with a healthy ego allows you to succeed and only the people that have the, the highest character are yeah. the best leaders oh yeah Tell me more about these KPIs. I want to hear about this. Really, that's Michael's baby. Go ahead, Michael. Okay. Yeah, we'll do it. I, I run uh, my companies exactly like I run my family. All right. Okay. I mean, it's just like my mama raised me, my dad raised me. Yeah. So, um, and we have these little stories that I learned growing up, and I just implement them in the business and the mm. people that work for us. Mm -hmm. It's really important for us to build a culture. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the way we talk. Come on over here. Mike D's here somewhere. I don't know where he is. He's the CEO of uh, my auction right. labor company. And I said, come on over here, bro. we got to cuss and discuss this. <laughs> so we're going to cuss and discuss. That sets up what? Well, it's not always going to be positive. Right. He's going to, and I want him to challenge me. Yep. So that thing like that, or we got to pull out the white gloves. I'm going to do the white glove treatment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I learned that from my mom when she was literally, my mom said, I don't care what you do. In fifth grade, she walked up and she gives me a laundry basket. And you gave me chores to do. But way before that, she said, you have to make your bed every morning. Mm. And she's going to expect it. So here's what she would do. She would change uh, the sheets on Sunday evening. Yeah. She'd make the bed for me. And she'd say, all right, make your bed every morning. So I'd go. I'd come home Monday evening. Yeah. I'd get up and go to school. Tuesday morning, my bed wasn't made. I'd leave and go to school. She would remind me, make your bed. Michael Ray, got to make your bed. Okay. I didn't understand. Why do I have to make my bed, dude? Mm. I mean, I'm going to sleep in it the next night. Right, right. That was my mentality in third grade. Well, Guess what? Wednesday, I didn't make my bed. She never said another word. But she reminded me on Tuesday. Thursday, I didn't make my bed. Friday, I didn't make my bed. Mm. Friday, I came home, dropped my backpack, dropped my books, picked up my sleeping bag, picked up my pillow, and I said, I'll see you Sunday because I'm going to go sleep in the treehouse. And Rodney Bryant, my best friend, are, <laughs> we were like two doors down, but we had a treehouse in the backyard. Nice. It was awesome. Yep. We had wall-to-wall -wall carpet. Ooh, my old parents' fancy. shag yep. green carpet. Mm. Well, we had wall-to-wall, -wall, and we had it on the walls and on the ceiling because Ooh. we thought that wall-to-wall. You -to -wall took it literally. I can yeah. see that, yes. I thought wall-to-wall -wall meant on the walls. So we had, it, we had an awesome, we had a big extension cord plugged in for heat in the evenings. And she said, hey, where are you going? I said, I'm going to see Ryder Brown. She said, no, 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 you're not. I said, why not? She goes, we didn't make your bed. <sighs> Throw my backpack down, run to my room, made my bed, peeked my backpack. She said, where are you headed? I said, I'm going to go see Rodney Brown. I'll see you Sunday or when I get hungry. Yeah. And she goes, no, you're not. You're not going anywhere. You didn't make your bed. Oh. That's a KPI that we run today. Inspect mm. what we expect. We do not micromanage that, but we set the expectations. Yes. And then I'll check in and I'll say, hey, bro, let's, let's do a white glove treatment real quick on this old manager over here. And they know exactly what that means because wow. they know yeah. that story when it comes down to this. So those are just an example of the KPIs. Really quickly, 
an example of real world. That was a fun story because I'd go back to my room and I'd pout all weekend, say, I'm not going to eat anything. And then she'd roll in, let me get upset. Sunday evening, she'd set me down on my bed and she'd say, listen, the more you can do around here and the more you can Mm -hmm. tell me and show me that you can handle responsibility, I'm going to give you enough rope until you get yourself all tangled up that I'm going to pull you back. What you're showing me now that you can't do to make your bed, you're showing me that you can't handle other things I want you to do. I'm like, well, it just made sense, right? That came from a 16-year-old high school dropout that's a hairdresser with my mom. And she got married because of me. Whole another story. Fast forward into real life. We were traveling to all these companies all over the country. Yeah. And there was this one guy in there that was a general manager in Cincinnati, Ohio. And his GM came in. I mean, his president, vice, executive vice president came in, regional vice president is what he was. They sat in his office from 2 in the afternoon until 5 o'clock. This Ooh. is the make-your-bed scenario. Check this mm-hmm. out, the white glove treatment. You know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. I got He's yeah. grinning like a Cheshire yeah. cat over here right now. But what's the, what the deal, we sat in the office, in the corner office. He flew in. We talked for almost three hours in the office, shoot the bull about this and that. Yep. And then the, the, the president said, hey, man, let's go get some chicken wings and drink a couple of beers. Went and got chicken wings and drank a couple of beers. The guy flew out. The president flew out the next morning. Mm-hmm. I'm back at the same location with this general manager. You know what he said? He goes, man. I wish we would have walked property. They had like 40 acres mm-hmm. because we're doing some really good things here. Mm-hmm. What a missed opportunity because mm-hmm. every single general, man, general manager that's in that company, when the executive vice president or the regional vice president flies in, they want one of two things. They want to walk property because they're doing good. Right. They want to beat their chest and show you, or they're praying that you don't walk because if you pull those gloves out, you're going to find some dirt. Yep. Two things real quick. You, let's say you reprimand in private, you praise in public. And that's what my mom would do. So here's the deal. If he would have walked property, he would have found all these great things that are happening. So then what did you do? Get on the other 78 auctions with the GMs and on the call, you say, let me tell you something. Billy Bob over here in Ohio is kicking some butt and we're going to change and add our processes, our new KPIs. This is the standard that we're going to coach to. Mm -hmm. Now, what if he found a bunch of dirt? What would happen? You pull him in his office, Mm -hmm. you go sit in his chair and you say, well, this is the best opportunity. Bro, what's going on, man? That's not like you. Mm-hmm. Well, when you set him in the, the, the visitor's chair and he's sitting in your chair, it upset his status quo and lets him know he's in trouble. But when you really listen, oh, man, I'm going through divorce. I'm having to, all of a sudden, at the end of that conversation, that person will run through a wall for you. Yep. That's the missed opportunity. That's the white glove treatment. That's I'm going to give you enough rope till you get tangled yep. up. This yep. isn't like you, man. You're better than this. So let's talk about a listening story. Mm. You're going to remember this day. I was back in the ivory tower, mm-hmm. my favorite little office. I was on the top floor. I had windows. I could see everything. He was, was so going proud on. of himself, man. I'm going to tell you, I didn't <laughs> even know Rich. I yeah. just got to tell you, he was pretty proud of himself. We had, uh, we had just closed on buying a company that, you should be. that yeah. you'd sold to us. Yep. And you walked into my office and you took your, you, he had, he used to have this iPad glued to his hand and he walks in. And he takes the iPad off this iPad. Yes. and he sets it down on, the, on my desk, which I've never, I'd never seen him do. I've been in meetings with him, but I'd never talked to him one-on-one. And he sits in my chair and he kind of leans back and he says, what's going on? And he doesn't say anything for like 30 seconds. The power of the pause. Mm. What, did I, what did I do? What did I do? The power of the pause. What did I do? So, and he pulls up his, he pulls over his iPad starts writing down some notes. I'm like, what are you doing? Nothing. I said, you checking emails? Nope. I didn't know what he was doing until later, but he writes all these notes down, sets it down, never says anything to me about that day for a long time. 
lo and behold, we end up on a trip together. And I remember where we're at. We were in North Carolina. Hey, hey. Good old we, North Carolina. We were at a fine dining establishment that sold beers. Mm. And we had been walking property all day. Uh-huh. And Michael pulls me and says, come on over here. Let's have a beer. Just you and I. And we left the other team that we're working with. And you never once told me that I was wrong, that I was talking too much, that I was running processes, that I was a jerk and all this other stuff. But what you did is you taught me and you set me down and said, hey, you know, if I were sitting where you were at, let's go through some of these things. How do you, how do you think you do that? And you coached me without ever saying you're doing it wrong. You're not any good at this. You're an asshole. <laughs> you stink. <laughs> but you, I mean, you had the patience of Job from the Bible. Mm. So can you tell my mom that? <laughs> <laughs> No, I can't. She's going to listen to this podcast. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely so, get and if anybody's out there listening, want to know where to find the podcast, go to dignity-leadership.com, and then you can click on the About page. There's a podcast, and there we got all the links. You can scan that QR code right there. So as you guys are walking by, pull out your cell phone, scan that QR code, go hit the podcast link, and then subscribe to our podcast show. It's the best thing you can do for us as little independent um, podcasters. That's is right. If you go and subscribe That's to right. our channel, it does boost the algorithm. It does make a difference. It does. Cool. I'm thinking about something right now, and you and I could not be more different. Anymore, yes. We're, <laughs> we're like oil and water. And yet, I don't know if we're oil and water, because we can't we can merge We make rainbows. Same you know how when the That's oil right. and water That's mixes, right. you get That's rainbows? Right. Yeah. Yes. But we do, and we can butt heads as well, right? Yes. Because of that. Yes. However, you said something earlier, Edwin, about that, and you said, I would never try to be Michael Ray, because we, we do what we do well, because we're doing our own thing, and when we're out there... And we learned that, like you said, we, we focus on, we really appreciate what the disc profile can bring to somebody, right? Oh, yeah. yep. and, and it's just, it's, it's a base bone. It's not who you are. It is not, and it's interesting because we're not only extroverts and introverts. We're not red, yellow, green, or blue. We're not dominant only or, or little Miss Sunshine, you know, whatever that is. But yeah, those are big parts of who we are. And yet, those things together, I think, is really what, what kind of strengthens. When you're going in and training people, if you're doing it, if I'm only doing it from Little Miss Sunshine's point of view, it does not always work. I need, and I often, I need the operational side. That isn't my forte. It really isn't. Now, now have I learned as I've managed people, as I've led out, you know, in a huge healthcare corporation? Absolutely. Is it something I would choose to do every day? No, it's not my favorite. Yeah. You, 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 that's kind of where you start, right? So those pieces together, that without both sides, we're not going to be able to really strengthen a team that needs help if I'm only coming in from my point of view. There is something to that teamwork even when we're coming in together. It's uh, so well said. and it's, it's why we created the mindset of a champion and trust. Mm-hmm. We build a bridge. You've got to be willing to meet people where they are. And then you've got to build a bridge that they feel secure in being able to be vulnerable, to mm-hmm. be transparent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then, you, you know, there's some terminology that's been used today. Inspect what you expect. Mm. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. That, that, that's not indicative of a dismissive or a debative leader. Sure. Absolutely just the opposite. It's a tell me more leader. It says, based on the information, my answer is yes or my answer is no. And, you know, the thing in life, uh, oftentimes, it's not... We're, that we need to, most of us feel like we've got to better manage our time. Yes. And, and a connectivity to those two points mm. is actually, most people are frustrated with that. In fact, in every audience in America, I've always asked, hey, how many people would like to be a better manager of their time? So let's take our live audience here. How many people in the audience yeah. would like to be a better manager of their time? Yeah, 100% of the hands just went up. <laughs> Here's like, the reality. 
So hey, hold your hands up now. How many, how many people know how many seconds are in a day? I know minutes. I don't know seconds, but I know minutes. Yeah, you've heard, that, you've heard this one before. <laughs> There's 86,400 seconds in every day, and the reality is you don't manage time. You manage your energy, and you want to create good energy. So connecting that back is you've got to meet people where they are, and that, the disc profile is a great example. I know I'm sure you speak to that in your book, Rich, but it allows you to be able to relate to people based on their personality cues, and there's a real strategy involved in that, and the trust process, I believe, that Michael and I have evolved and really lived is one of the best bridges to be able to meet people where they are and create that collaborative yeah. effect. That's me. That's me. I'm going to give you the secret. And I tell everybody this, this is the secret. When Edwin said, don't try to be Michael Ray or, you know, don't try to be Edwin, be you. Yeah. Take everything you learn. And there's a process. You have a process and a procedure for life. You mm. do. Yeah. Whether it's, some of it's validating, uh, but some of it I do good, right? Sure, yeah. Learn a process. Yeah. Listen to these guys. They'll pour into you. Mm. But here, you all ready? You ready? I'm ready. You got to use your personality with it. Yes. Oh, that's If good. you will be you. And, you, and lean into a process. Mm -hmm. My kids know that there's a trust process. Mm -hmm. When I sit down with them, because we do speak the same vernacular, right? They, they know cuss and discuss. Yeah. They know white glove treatment. They know back your brother's play, which is an amazing life story for us, and it turns into the whatever it takes. They know, what, they know everything that, that we talk about. They know trust process. When we sit down with a problem, and that's okay if, they, if the other person knows it, because you build that bridge quicker, mm -hmm. and you meet them where they are faster. And then those light bulbs mo come, come on at the same time, and you've uncovered that need. Right. And now you can, guys can take massive action together. Yeah. You know, go ahead, Rich. I just say, Michael, you taught me one thing, and it probably came from you too, Edwin. Um, mm. you, when you're raising your kids, right, you don't raise your kids to be good kids. You raise your kids to be good adults. So then why don't we transfer this knowledge to leadership? You don't raise your employees to be good exactly em employees, no, right? You, right. Raise your, you raise your employees to be good people, and you, let, you build your people so your people will go build your business. It's like, I think sometimes we get the cart in front of the horse. And that starts so often with uh, yeah. our healthy self-esteem. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wrote 36 words. I'm going to ask the audience to just kind of do this in your mind that really is, mm. have now been shared all over the world. It's the number one reason that I got to share the stage with Zig Ziglar. Um, and I wrote these because you're going to listen to this podcast. You're going to read Rich's book. Um, you're going to come across wisdom. Mm. The, the question becomes, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. What are you going to do with it? I heard Zig Ziglar speaking to Charlotte Coliseum in 2002, and I have been listening to Mr. Ziglar since I started my career in 1988. But yet, I'd never heard him speak until that day about significance. I always thought he was talking about just being a better salesperson. Um, and that's why I think I'm so proud of Ritz for his book, because he's taking it to a different level, and you're going to benefit when you read it or listen to it. Mm. And when it was done, there were 20,000 people in the audience that day. And... On my way home, I pulled off the highway. I was listening to the tapes, and I was thinking about being significant. And my wife and I have three daughters. I've been married now 28 years. And I was traveling a lot, me on the road, and I thought, I, I, I just was, my place was there. I wanted to think about them. They were very young. And I pulled off the road and wrote these words. And so I'm going to call them out. I want you to let them go through your mind as you're on the podcast or here. And just substitute your name. I, Danny, was born to win. God and my family love me. I'm special and valuable and always respectful. And today, I'll do my best with an attitude of gratitude. I wrote those 36 words initially just for my daughters. We just slide under their pillows at night when we did the mm. prayers. Yeah. 
Do you know those 36 words now have traveled literally every continent of the world? Wow. People are listening and posting wow. those. And, and I don't really take the credit so much, but my point, self-esteem is so critically important to what you want to do. Yeah. When you believe that, then you can discover your best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And it so starts with that. But whatever you feel inspired mm -hmm. to take action of, mm -hmm. and you do it so well, Michael, and Rich's example, your book, mm -hmm. hey, take your best shot. Do it now. Do it now. Do it today. So one of the things we didn't cover today that I cover well said, on bro. every... Yeah, very well said. Thank you. Um, so one of the things I didn't cover, I always, I always do, is we always start off the podcast by asking what your definition of leadership is. And Michael, we've got yours recorded three or four times mm. now. You've been on past ones. I don't have yours. I you would wanna, love to Do you want to give, give us your definition of leadership? What did I say mine was? Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll, have to, we'll go back. It's episode eight. It was, came out in July of 2021. <laughs> only, only Rich would know the exact time on the podcast exactly when you said it as well. <laughs> it's, way we, my, it's way my framework. Let's hear your definition yeah. of leadership. I think we've been speaking my definition of leadership since we started today. Uh, however, I believe leadership is uh, a place of service. It's a place of meeting people where they are and, and activating mm. The best qualities inside of them, back to the Oliver Wendell Holmes quote, if you can activate people's best qualities and feel like you really have, they really have your best interest, you have their best interest in mind, then to me that's, that's the uh, epitome of leadership. It's really biblical leadership yeah, is it what is. it is. Yeah, it's that That's, servant leadership. Right. right. Yeah. If you know, you get, we have we've worked with a lot of business leaders and entrepreneurs, yeah. and they're growing their business, and mm -hmm. they're, they're they're trying to wear all these hats, and now they need yeah. to scale, mm -hmm. and they can't. They're worried about take letting go of this hat because what if mm -hmm. this guy can't do it? And if somebody's new and they're listening to your podcast, Rich, mm -hmm. I would tell them, you know, how do you build this business? We mm -hmm. don't. Edwin almost said it earlier. We don't. I don't build any of my companies. I don't build the company. Yeah. I build people, oh. and those people will build That's the business. It. Yeah. That's it. That is my, you were talking about, you know, your, your life motto and where you're at. Mine is a world where people matter. And it really stems from that. What I was just thinking, I, we recorded a couple things yesterday and my parents were in the audience and I don't, I don't share this a whole lot. You know, I'm doing my own thing now, you know, out of, out of the house for quite a few years, several decades. But when, when I'm always asked, who is, who is that person that you admire the most, right? You think of... I always struggle, like, who is that big name that I want to put on there? I always put my dad down. My dad is, was a pastor. As it should be. He was, he's the humblest man I have ever met in my life. He goes low. He goes low. People walk away from meeting my dad one time, though, and always feel known. They feel important, and they feel special. And, and I, I think that is true leadership at the end of the day, because they're walking away feeling so special and so known. He's just being him. And if you were to tell him, he would chuckle. I always call him the jolly old postman. You know, he just chuckles. <laughs> That's what I do. He has no idea what impact he has just having a simple conversation with somebody. And it's because he's making them known. You just yeah. never know. Yeah. You yeah, know. you don't. Uh, Tom Brady, they just put a thing on the other day. And a little kid asked him at the press conference. Mm. He said, hey, Mr. Brady, you're my hero. Who's your hero? And Tom Brady got real still and real quiet. And he said, my dad. And he started talking about his dad, and he got about 10 seconds into it. And Tom Brady, quarterback champion of the yeah. world, lost it in front of this little kid, said, my dad. And I was like, dang, so that was pretty powerful. All right, so we got a couple minutes left. Here's how we close down every show. 
Yeah. We got to do this. So we go through my why statement. We're gonna have to go fast today because we're we're running up against the clock. This has been clock. so good. It yes. has been very good. So thank you to Oasis Texas Brewing Company for having us. Thank you, live studio audience, for being here today. Thank I got, you, everyone. It's I got been a couple fun. questions for these guys. So here's the first question. We'll do it popcorn style. I'm yes. gonna keep track of the okay. the thing. Uh, Kevin E, you ready? Because you're always in on this. So I'm number ready. one, the Monster Millennial. What did you learn today? My takeaway, my takeaway is, uh, again, we, we never arrive. We never stop mm -hmm. learning. Yeah. I learned that just that, that you, were gonna, you have to keep applying. You have to keep, and you do that by getting to meet more different people, hearing their perspective. And I just, it's really been a privilege for me to be here, Rich, because I got to learn something today. And, man, if you can learn something in, in today and you can meet someone that adds to your journey, well, you've had a blessed day, my friend, and Already. today's been a blessing. Yeah, and right. I would say the same thing. It's a journey, yeah. not a destination. And but, what I've seen even today, meeting you and what you've done and how you set up and as far as you've come, I'm really and truly grateful. This isn't about here, me. Man. This is about you. What did you learn today? It. One thing. What did you learn? I just told you, man. It's a journey, it's not a it's destination. It's a journey. All yeah. right. And this it's is just a perfect example of that, man. Brooke? Um, I, I actually lo I, I loved the, you know, you go in and you don't start with, with all the metrics and everything else, you start with the people. It's about the people. And so if, if you can't start there, you're not going to get to where you want to go. I love that. Thank yeah. you. Kevin E., you ready for me? Yeah, heck yes. All right. Hey, first thing, I want to give uh, Rich some credit here. He's, he's beaten up on himself about his edit markers and his audio book. He's still the only guy I've ever known who knocked out an audio book in two sessions. So. <laughs> in two Facts. days. Yeah. Two days, Facts. people. Yeah. No I'm an overachiever. No cap, baby. No I mean, cap. That's, yeah. Uh, Second, I want to say that I've heard these four people talk a million times. I always learn something new, so I appreciate that. I mean, I think after five or six years, there's not a story or an anecdote that Michael Ray says I couldn't finish for you. I mean, I, Probably. But, you know, I always learn something new, and I think... I'm sorry about that. No, no, I appreciate <laughs> it. You were talking about ego, and that's something that, uh, that you got to work on if you want to be an effective yeah. leader. you got to keep that in check. I've had a tendency to think that I know the best way to do everything all the time. You know, like so many younger says, hey, do you know how to put a lower third in a video? And I'm like... Yeah, you design it in After Effects, uh, you punch everything in, you export it, you load it into Adobe Premiere with your, with your RAW, and they say, well, no, actually, you go to Canva, you punch in two words, and you download it. And I gotta, you know, I gotta be able to listen to those things. Rich is good about that as well, what to prevent myself Rich? from becoming a, yeah. a, a T-Mobile sidekick in an oh, iPhone. Yeah. That's probably even an obsolete reference now. Gen Zers <laughs> like, what the hell is a T-Mobile <laughs> sidekick? Anyway, that's, uh, that's mine. What'd you learn? I learned two things. Okay. As much as I know, I still got a lot more to learn. Mm. And my circle of friends is pretty strong. Mm. That's hey good. Amen, brother. I'm getting a little What you put out. What, hey, what you put out is what you exactly, get Exactly. It's what you put out. And it's about, yeah. you guys talked about this earlier. So one, we're not going to be able to go through the next two because we're almost out of time. Yep. But so everybody I've had on the show, and I all ask them about leadership, everybody says the same thing. And they never come up about processes, about spreadsheets, about all this yeah. other crap. It's always about action yeah. and about being authentic. Mm -hmm. um, and you touched on it today. Leadership is an action. And you can say everything you want about leadership, yeah. but if you don't go out and live it, right. then you're not doing it. And right. what happens is, this is my favorite thing, is on the trust side. So if you have a leader, let's say you're self-appointed leader, you're the CEO of a company, and you tell everybody that you're going to have a people-first organization, yeah. and then you go read the policy you know, from HR, and everything in there is about how you can't do anything for the people, you don't have a people-first culture. Sure. What you have is a structured culture where you're breaking down trust because you're not doing what you say. Mm -hmm. And that becomes, right. that creates a toxic environment. That's where you guys help. And as leaders, I wish, there's, there's a lot of leaders. I had a friend send me a clip the other day, and it was from a movie because Arnold Schwarzenegger was in it, and he gets up and says, you guys, 
you're a 48% fat blank, and yells at him, he gets up and leaves, the guy goes, sit down, he goes, I ain't sitting down and taking your crap, but that's what we gotta get to right now, and as, as society changes, and as we continue to push through on leadership, we're discovering right now how toxic the Industrial Revolution was to everybody, and the different things it's causing, processes, and pushing all that stuff. And we need to start working, and you guys touched on this, the soft skills that you're teaching, and Alicia, you're teaching it, the empathy, the emotional intelligence, creating hope. That was the one I missed earlier, hope, trust, building all these things up. If you do that, you're going to be so much farther ahead. You won't have to worry about counting your money because it's just going to come in naturally. Well, let's just say one thing, though, because all those things are so important, and they're crucial to being who you are but it's a process. It's not gonna happen overnight and you will fail. And every time you fail, you'll actually be better the next time. Yep. So you have to carry those things together, right? Absolutely. You and gotta, there's hope. Don't be there's so hard on hope. yourself. You gotta That's understand right. failure is an event. It's not a person. That's right. It's not who you are. It's something that has happened to you. You've done it. It's an event. Yep. And it, good. more people came out, you talk about the revolution, more people came out of the depression in the 30s, more millionaires, were made in that time period than ever in the history of our country. Amazing. So there's hope. There's hope. All right. Well, I want to thank Oasis Texas Brewing Company for allowing us to be here today. Our producer, Kevin Ebling from KEPX. All of our our studio guests. I want to thank you to our live in-person audience for joining us. I want to thank Michael Ray and Edwin Britt for teaching me and helping me. Thank you, Michael. Everybody have a great day and keep paddling. Keep paddling. (laughs)